welcome, welcome. This is the Beginner Core Show. I'm Steve. And I'm Paul. And we are taping this on a Tuesday, uh, directly after Game 6 of the NBA Finals, Lakers versus Celtics. Lakers slaughtered the Celtics. Yeah, I, I fell asleep, actually, for the entire fourth quarter. <laughs> this game was over after the first quarter. Yep. And uh, I think if you had any idea who was going to win, it was pretty apparent right off the get-go when the Lakers came out strong and uh, really pulled away. And with Perkins going down, there's just too much size down low. Yeah, that was really huge for them. He's really their defensive anchor, and without him in there, the Lakers could just drive and do whatever they wanted inside. The The Celtics bench just didn't show up tonight at all. The Celtics bench was really bad tonight, and... Uh, you know, we saw kind of the old Nate Robinson who yeah, the crazy a little, little out of control, doesn't really know what he's doing. Big Baby was, I think he played physically, but he just wasn't really finishing. And, uh, you know, Sheed and Tony Allen were pretty much non-factors as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, game seven, it's going to be, it's gonna, everyone's going to come out strong. I think the energy level was up for both teams in this game already. Right, um, but yeah, I think the Lakers especially. The Lakers, the Lakers really came out strong, and uh, Shannon Brown played pretty solidly. Got the crowd going with those two dunks, and um, unless he had anything else after I fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> Pierce and KG were the only two that really played well. Right. Everyone else kind of no showed again. Ray Allen continued his disappearance yeah. after that marvelous one game. Ray Allen's been all over the place, yeah. and uh, I think when Rondo asserts himself, you know, they're obviously a that's just another element you have to contend with, but yeah. Pierce and Garnett are gonna need a little bit more help if they're gonna if they're gonna pull this one off. Um, I, I definitely thought the Lakers would take this in six, but I think they'll just take it in seven instead. <laughs> yeah, what's one more game? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it delays the riots from my apartment for another two days. Yeah, but they'll be pretty pretty loud once they actually win. Actually, I don't think the riots will be as bad this year as they were last year. You think last year was kind of getting over? Yeah, the I remember in ninety nine two thousand when they won the first of the Kobe Shaq three peats. The the riots for that championship were the worst I'd ever seen anywhere. Wow. I mean, they they were flipping over cop cars. They were setting <laughs> vans on fire. It, it was just a complete hell downtown. Well, downtown, downtown's cleaned up, though, a bit now, so yeah. I think uh, hopefully they have the infrastructure in place. But it, was, it was already, you know, a little bit of a riot last year, though, after the, yeah, uh, after yeah. the Lakers won. Not as bad, though, as that first year. And you can see it, too, in the second and third years of the three-peat, the riots were not as bad. They were more tame. People were kind of used to winning. Yes, so yes. So they didn't feel the need to pilfer shoe stores as much. And so maybe this year won't be as bad. Although Boston, I would contend, is a much more... That's true. Uh, you know, a bigger rival than Orlando was. And I think everyone's kind of feeling much more animosity this time around. Yeah, F in Boston, man. <laughs> it's a it's a good it's a good natural rivalry and you don't really see rivalries in basketball that much unless they're like deep into the playoffs. And yeah. these two teams I think are are you know, they're not the the bad boy pistons of the eighties, but there's a good amount of history there and I don't think they like each other very much. Yeah, usually in basketball, the teams aren't the rivalries. It's more the players. It's exactly. more Magic Bird, Wilt, right. Russell. Yes. You know, you don't really have very established team rivalries except for Lakers Celtics. Yes, that's, that's true. The, it's the Yankees Red Sox of basketball. It is, and you need some you need some crazy guys on both teams. Oh yeah. And I think 
you know, if the Lakers ever unleashed Ron Artest... Did you see him tonight? He played well tonight. He did, he did play yeah. solidly tonight. I, I, I think Ron Artest is one of the funniest guys to watch offensively <laughs> because pretty much anything he does is just funny. Like, yeah, he's he'll, still he'll, nuts. He'll drive to the hoop and then take some like really weird off-balance leaner and then he'll... You know, drive and then suddenly throw the ball like 15 feet behind him, looking for Kobe. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he got he got the job done tonight. So yeah, kudos to Rod. Every time he put the ball up tonight, I was yelling no, <laughs> and a majority of them went in. I was very surprised, very very warily surprised because you know, in Game Seven, if he still has that attitude, he probably won't have the same results. Yeah, if I was if I was a Celtics player, I would let Ron Artest beat me. I would make Ron Artest beat me because I don't think he's consistent enough to do it over and over again. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's better to concentrate your resources on Gasol and Kobe. And, um, you know, Odom's, too, is the really big X factor because when he, you know, hits the glass and, you know, fills the lane and finishes, it's just another thing to deal with. And, yeah. I, you know, the Lakers, I think, are a more talented team. They're a younger team. They're more athletic. And as long as they bring the energy, I think they should be able to win. Yeah, Lamar needs to step it up in Game 7. I mean, even, he played okay tonight. I think he had 8-8 eight eight or something. Something like but, that, yeah. Yeah, he just has been a complete disappearance compared to his Phoenix series, which That's true. really was a tailor-made series for him. <laughs> but, not a lot of banging, just yeah, uh, not a lot of down. physicality, just, <laughs> you know, skating up and down. Yeah, did you see Steve Nash uh, decided not to come back to Phoenix? You mean Steve Kerr? I mean Steve Kerr. Yeah. Sorry, not Steve, <laughs> like Nash. Steve Nash. Where does Steve Nash go? Steve Nash is going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve Nash. Yeah, uh, Steve, Steve Kerr, Kerr going back to TV. Exactly. Which, which, which that's. I mean, it's pretty shocking because you know he really built that team finally in the right direction. Yeah. Once you know the Shaq trade didn't work out for them, but they got the chemistry guys. I mean, Phoenix to me is was like rooting for like a college team in the NCAA tournament, like running up and down, shooting threes, playing off the crowd, and but with enough, you know, not totally gimmicky. You know, they got that pick and roll with Nash and Stoudemire, which yeah. could, you know really beat anybody. I feel like, and. Um, a lot of chemistry, you know, the second unit that could come in and play together with Dudley and uh, Drogic, especially those two, you know, really bringing some energy. Yeah, they really seem like a close-knit group. They did. And I, I hope they can stay together, because they're fun to watch. I, I agree. This is really the first off-season in years, I think since the Seven Seconds or Less era started, mm -hmm. where there's been there have been a positive tick on the off-season. You know, in previous off-seasons, it was always ending with Robert Ory hip-checking Steve Nash <laughs> or, you know, them getting beat by the Spurs somehow or Dallas or someone else. And, you know, this is the really... The, the first non-disappointing offseason yeah, for the Celtics. where they kind of exceeded expectations. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, you know, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Yeah. I mean, it's impressive that they were able to, to sweep... Did they, we sweep the Spurs, I think? Or was it in five? Yeah, they, they, they crushed them, they, Yeah, they swept the they Spurs. Swept them, yeah. uh -huh. And, you know, they hung with, with the Lakers and honestly... You know, a few plays go differently, that at least goes seven games. But and maybe they steal the series. Who knows? So, yeah. um, it, so it, yeah. it's kind of. I mean, I've always I've loved watching Steve Nash for a long time, and I don't even think this is the most this isn't the most talented team they've had there. You oh, know, definitely had not. Yeah. Guys like Marion, Joe Johnson, Quentin Richardson. Um, they've had a lot of talent, and this is the first time you really felt like they played above their talent. If they had kept that team together with Joe Johnson and Sean Marion, yeah. if you know, if the owner wasn't crazy enough to let Joe Johnson just walk for nothing, yep. 
then they probably could have won a ring. I feel like they could have too. Although yeah. it's it took until this time to really start playing all the defense. Yeah. And I don't think they ever would have reached that stage with uh, D'Antoni. Yeah, that's probably true. But maybe next year. I, I think it's it's kind of sad because I think once Amari leaves, he'll realize how good he had it with Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I mean, if you were to give out max deals to guys. I would not give one to Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, did we talk about this last week on the podcast, we, or was we, this we off the air? It. It might have, I don't really remember. Yeah, <laughs> eh, it doesn't really matter. No one's listening anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, well, I think the point that we were touched upon either last week or whenever was, uh, you know, you might give a max deal to a guy like Bosch as your second right. max contract, but giving it to Amari is a little bit risky. Yeah, Amari is not a max deal guy. Nope. You have to play at least a hint of defense to get a max exactly. deal, Exactly. And he, he doesn't even rebound, really, yeah. for like a 6'10", yeah. 6'11 guy. He doesn't even rebound that yeah. much. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what the Suns do. I yeah. think if Amari leaves, you know, that team's going to be really different because he was the one presence they had to finish around the rim, really. Yes. You know, the rest of those big guys... You know, I mean, Robin Lopez not really a finisher. Um, Amundsen not going to finish. Channing Fry's <laughs> great gonna, ponytail though. Great Ooh, ponytail. He, he's the modern day Phoenix Suns version of Scott Pollard. Scott. Pollard. Yeah, he's got the nasty hair and, and white boy who's actually kind of athletic and yeah. gets around. <laughs> he can get those boards. The poor man's Birdman, I think, is actually <laughs> the uh, current analogy for him. Um, but, yeah, but it's interesting that Steve Kerr would leave at this time. It is. I mean, he was great on TV, yeah, so I mean, it's not really surprising that he would go back to TV, but uh, to be to leave on your own volition like this at this time, it's it's very strange timing. It's a curious curious timing. Um, they said they wanted him to take like a 10% pay cut or something. Nah. Yeah. Why would you do that? I, why, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Phil Jackson. They There were rumors... Michael Wilbon put the rumor out that they were asking Phil to take a pay cut from $12 million to $5 million next year. That's pretty drastic. Yeah, that's ridiculous. If you're Phil Jackson, why would you ever take that much of a pay cut? I would rather retire. Yeah. You know? Maybe, maybe. Well, he, you know what? Maybe I, I wouldn't actually retire. That's that's a stupid <laughs> thing to say. Who would turn down five million dollars? Maybe, but, maybe Genie has a little bit more influence than I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, Game Seven will though will come up Thursday. Any you think you're, you think yeah. it's going to be the Lakers? Winning? Yeah, I think the Lakers will take it. Game Seven at home. It's very tough for road teams to win Game Sevens on the road, as history has shown. And the Lakers will take care of business. I think if they bring the same intensity that they brought in Game Six, and I think they will. Whenever it's really urgent, <laughs> then they'll show up. You know, but it's just you know that. Get you know the road game on in Memphis on a Tuesday in March that they exactly. don't really care about. I I think the exact same thing. Um, you know I had zero doubt in my mind that the Lakers would win tonight. You know it's a game six back at home, backs up against the wall. Maybe even the officials will throw a bone their way or something like that. Um, and you know it was really funny. Jalen Rose just now was or someone was saying, oh well you know. Assuming that you know they don't come out flat for Game Seven and show up, and it's like, dude, it's Game yeah. Seven of the NBA Finals. If you don't show up for Game Seven, <laughs> when are you going to show up? Exactly, everyone's going to come out intense, and I think the Lakers are more talented, and they're at home. You know, I'll give Boston like a like a fifteen to twenty percent chance of winning, but it should be the Lakers to take. Yeah, definitely. I don't I don't see Kobe blowing that one. And with this inevitable championship. Uh-oh, I jinxed it right there. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, it's going to be your fault. You I'm calling it right now. I'm calling the Lakers win in Game 7. But, okay, fine. Let's say if the Lakers win, mm-hmm. 
That'll be five rings for Kobe. Yeah. Puts him up there with Magic, who also had five rings. Now, I don't think anyone is going to make the argument that Kobe was better than Magic with five rings. But let's say he wins a sixth okay. next year. To where where does he rank Michael in Jordan. the... Uh, well, well, yeah, Bill Simmons, uh, in his basketball book that mm-hmm. is about 7,000 pages long, Right. Um, he had Kobe ranked like 13 or something like that. Okay. But that was before last year's championship, and he potentially was, this year's as well. Yeah. Well, if you know, he was saying in the book that if Kobe won the championship last year, he'd have to move him into the top ten, and he did. So you know, if Kobe wins this year and maybe another, you know, where do you put Kobe? Would he become, you know, top six, seven all time? I'd have to look at the actual ranking of of where Simmons has guys. Um, you know, I think what Kobe's this done... Is, this is good preparation by us. We know the list that we're talking <laughs> we have, about. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard in passing this, this infamous list, but I don't know any of the details. Sorry, how can I blame you? The book is 700 <laughs> pages long. Exactly. Um, you know, I think Kobe... First of all, I don't think Kobe, short of winning like two or three more titles, can be on the same level as, as Jordan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, maybe at this point it's a little bit of just... Uh, a legacy or an aura that Kobe just doesn't have that Jordan did. Um, but I heard a stat that was like, Jordan never faced an elimination game. Really? Which I found unbelievable. Maybe that was just like in the finals or something. Never even like a game seven? I think it, I think in, in the finals he never oh. faced an elimination game. Um, yeah, that, yeah I, which, I guess not. Which is pretty impressive that, you know, you know J- Jordan was a killer. I mean, Kobe's... Yeah. I'm not saying Kobe doesn't have the killer instinct, but Jordan was a flat-out killer. And, uh, you know, Kobe absolutely could get almost to the top of almost getting to Jordan. And I think that he he has the drive and the will to get yes. there. He's got the drive that I don't think anyone else in the NBA has. Yeah. He's not, I don't think he's the most talented. I don't think he's the best player even, but he definitely has the, the most desire. Yeah. His hunger is the most comparable trait he has to Michael Jordan, I yes. think. Yes. I actually... Well, this is a kind of a bad comparison, and you're probably not going to like it. But I was <laughs> right, starting to think that, that Kobe and Barry Vaughns actually have oh, some, no. some traits and How dare you bring up the he well, who shall not be named? We'll leave we'll leave the steroids alone. Oh, but God. in terms of personality, you know, neither one of them does the, themselves any yeah, favors. That's true. And Both? Barry Bonds never raped a girl. <laughs> yeah. But, oh yeah, Barry's a much better guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they both have. A bit of arrogance, a bit of cockiness. Definitely. They both didn't like their teammates very much. No one, a lot of their teammates didn't really like them. Paul Barry Bonds, though, <laughs> that, that, that name is so taboo. How, how dare you? It's I'm just a, it's a thought that I had, and the more I thought about it, I'm not. The steroids aside, there are some similarities there. I, I have and to the fact agree. That, yes. that Barry never actually won a title. <laughs> oh yeah, well, that, that's a big difference. <laughs> There's or five of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one thing that. Kobe actually does better than Michael Jordan did was make really tough shots with a hand in his face. I agree. Kobe is the best shot maker I mean, I've ever you, seen. You, I remember Michael Jordan being able to get a lot more open than Kobe, mm-hmm. being able to get separation with his fadeaway. Yeah. And so he wouldn't have so many hands directly in his exactly. face. But yeah, Kobe definitely, he's not as athletic as Michael Jordan is, I don't think. And so... Yeah, not, he, especially not now. He's had a, to take a lot of tougher shots, and I think he's actually better than Michael was not making those I, I completely, I mean, Kobe's fadeaways and Kobe's, man, he hits some ridiculous shots, yeah. and I don't know how he does them, but it's very impressive. Um, Alright, well, that was a good 15 and a half minutes on the Lakers. 
Uh, We're going to have to edit this part out. This is a terrible transition. We, we also realized after listening to ourselves that neither one of us really likes the way we sound. Yeah. Um, if you like the way you sound, though, doesn't that say something about you? Like, yeah, you, you like hearing your own voice too much. I mean, I think it's normal that you don't like the sound of your own voice. Right? I feel very uncomfortable. I um, sound like such a douchebag. <laughs> I, I was not aware of this. Everyone until... that knows Steve has known all along that he sounds like a douchebag. Oh, God, right? why didn't anyone tell me? <laughs> He's the last one to figure it out. Oh. Um, but it was a really, really big uh, week in sports, and especially in collegiate sports with... Uh, First of all, USC picking up some really tough uh, sanctions, um, <laughs> losing, which makes both of us, and I think really all of America, very it's happy. It's about damn time. It's, yeah. It is definitely time, and that was harsher than I would have expected. Yeah. 30, losing 30 scholarships, um, vacating the wins from 2004-2005, and a two-year postseason ban. Although I always find it funny when they vacate wins from previous seasons, mm-hmm. as if like they didn't really happen. Vacating wins to me really means nothing. Yeah, because nothing at all. You can't take away the experiences and the memory that, that those times generate. We can't forget Reggie Bush. Yeah. You can't forget all the things he did on the field and all of his highlights. You can't just all of a sudden forget that, even if you take away the wins and the Heisman. Yeah. Um, of course, so what gets me happy is the fact that, and honestly, the postseason ban, you know, that hurts a little bit as long as they're going to, like, the Rose Bowl, but if they're missing out on, like, the Emerald Bowl like they did this past year, yeah, I don't really care deal. that much either. Not a big deal, really, missing um, out on the Sun Bowl exactly, or the Emerald Bowl. Exactly, but losing 30 scholarships is a, that's That is severe. a big deal. One of their uh, uh, their recruits today was, has declared that he's going to transfer. I forgot oh, really? his name. It was, like, Jordan something. I don't know. Oh, okay. But yeah, there. This could start a flood that could never end. You don't know with the, for these next two years. I mean, what are they gonna do? It, it's it's very very difficult for them to really, you know, when you you have so basically you have twenty five scholarships a year roughly, and to lose it's between twenty and twenty five to lose ten of them, you know, you really can't take chances on guys, and you really gotta hone in to make sure you're getting the ones you need, yeah. and you don't have any depth also, because I mean. Your roster is going to be full of walk-ons and full of guys that you know should be, at least in in USC's mind, usually like four-star players. Yeah, but this is all good, huh? All good for I, UCLA. I love, it. I love yeah. it. I mean, I think it's fantastic. This is so great. It, it's it's big though. You know, other teams have to capitalize because the Trojans should still be able to get a lot of top talent. This is what they get for letting it, OJ Mayo come and walk in and say. I'm going to come here. <laughs> and basically going through his agent to yeah. do it. And, you know, and they still took him. It's, you know, what do you think was going to happen? I like how Rodney Guillory, when he first introduced OJ Mayo to Tim Floyd, Rodney Guillory described himself as an events promoter. Uh-huh. And that was his relationship. Yeah. And, and Tim Floyd didn't think twice or look, you know, he just looked the other way. Tim Floyd is such a weasel. He's a skis. And, you know, Pete Carroll's no better. I mean, oh, yeah. how, how convenient of Pete Carroll to leave town yeah. just before. Great timing, by the I way. I mean, that... Absolute perfect timing by Pete Carroll. I think he, he definitely knew what was up. Oh, yeah. For someone who's pleading ignorance, give me a break. That was just too... <laughs> to go to the Seahawks? Come on. <laughs> I'm sure he's had better offers... Oh uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, but it's you know it's it's time for UCLA to capitalize. Yeah, I mean they've they've already been kind of stealing recruits for the past few years, but you know this is this is the time to strike, and uh, I think everyone's going to be. New Heisel better get it done. New Heisel better get it done. I think Washington or else my will package, be better. My passion bucket will be empty. <laughs> I think 
I think this year is going to be a little tough, to be honest. You I think, think we have some tough games. We have Texas on the road. We have uh, a good Houston team at home, Kansas State on the road, Cal on the road, Oregon on the road. A lot of, a lot of tough schools on the road. Wow. So, I, I have to admit, I haven't taken a look at the schedule <laughs> at all yet. <laughs> We're still dealing with a little bit of Darrell leftovers, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that that's a terrible thing, but there's a lot of guys. The line still isn't very good. Um, I think that there's finally some playmakers on the edges, but they're still young, you know, usually sophomores and juniors. So I think, and, and you know, the defense lost a lot with Werner, Carter, and Price. All yeah, day, yeah, so. definitely. Um, What's and, Carl Darrell doing these days? He's, he's like a receiver's a, coach for, I think, Miami right now. Oh well, um, it's good to see he's got a job somewhere. I think he's a, he, from all accounts, from what I've heard, he's a, a good guy, and I think he's been kind of unfairly scapegoated for a lot of UCLA's troubles. Well, it's just because he was so dull. He you was know, quite boring. If he had some more personality, yep. then people would warm up to him some more, give him a few more breaks. But because he was just so damn boring, and you know, whenever something bad happened. You couldn't get anything out of him. Yeah. You know, how, how are we supposed to explain everything terrible that's happening around <laughs> us if the coach isn't giving us anything? Yeah, and he also, I don't think he, for sure he didn't have the charisma, obviously, but he also didn't have the, I'd say, the the balls to go after, to call someone out like Pete Carroll and go after him head-to-head. Yeah. Uh, especially on the Not Rangers. like that, you know, the football monopoly in L.A. Exactly. is officially over. Which is a very bold statement to yeah. make. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, who knows? It looks like it could be over at this point. That's nope. what we like, though. That's what fills the passion bucket. It, that's what does. And um, and now, uh, now that Texas has decided to stay in the Big Twelve, yeah, big surprise. Or however huh? many teams there are now, <laughs> ten. Um, we the Pac-10 has Colorado and adds uh, Utah, possibly down the road. Yeah, which I think would be a, a very logical partner. Definitely, yes. Uh, Utah so. and BYU, really. I mean, you. The way they do it now with two teams in each state or city mm-hmm. would be perfect for Utah, BYU, two Utah it would teams. Be. But Utah and Colorado kind of screws with that a little bit. It does It does screw with that. And the bottom line is that it's all about money. And yeah. they really want that Denver TV market. But for symmetry's sake, I would have... For symmetry's sake, I agree. Yeah. There's also the religious aspect of, of, yes. adding, of adding BYU. Adding a Mormon team into the Pac-10. Exactly, because Baylor, when, when the Pac-16 rumors were abound, Baylor wanted in, and Cal said, we don't want them because they're Baptist. So Cal. <laughs> oh, those hippies. Hey, they're hippies for sure. Oh, I thought it was great that Cal is the one that said that. Give me a break. <laughs> But I think Utah would be a good fit because, you know, they're, I mean, given that Colorado's already there, um, you know, the, the basketball team is, is decent, football yeah. team's good, and you know, those are the only two sports that they've really got matter. A, yeah, they've, <laughs> got a, they've got a good program at Utah, so they'll be a good addition to the Pac-12. Are they going to change the name, or are they going to keep it the Pac-10? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't like... Like the Big Ten this past year, for example, had 11 teams. Yeah, it doesn't make any Big sense. 10. Big 11 is also not catchy, so I can understand why they didn't change it. But yeah. maybe it's time to just do away with the number of teams in a division. You yeah. know, like the SEC, the ACC, the Big East, they don't have the number They should of just teams. call it the PAC. The PAC? Yeah. <laughs> just call it the or PAC. The, you know, the, with Colorado leaving, they were, the, they were in the Big Ten, right? Colorado? Uh, Colorado was in the Big 12. They were? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, you know, now, <laughs> now that... Well, the so, Big Twelve so, so has now, like ten teams, exactly. right? And, and the Big Ten has twelve teams. Actually. Yeah, they should just switch. They should switch. 
then everything would be fine and <laughs> everyone would be happy. And then they could just be the pack. Yeah, the pack. That's that's, that's an interesting. The, I mean, idea. the SEC is just the SEC. We yeah. could we could be the so pack, the Pacific Conference, PAC, you know, Pacific Athletic Conference. There you Ooh. go. Oh, I, that, I just put, made that up right now. We should put Steve on the board. Yeah. I think I think that would work out well. There you go. That's good stuff. So one team that's not going to be in the pack is uh, Montana, but that's where you went this past week. I did go to Montana. How was this Montana? Past week. Montana was pretty great. If you like rural small town America, definitely Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota—the three states I visited this past weekend—definitely the place to go. Uh, I flew into Missoula. Montana to visit my old roommate, and we took a road trip over to South Dakota to see Mount Rushmore. Cool. It's about a 12-hour drive each way. Jeez. Yeah, and it was pouring rain the it was whole raining. time either. Oh, pouring rain. Okay. Like, you couldn't see 12 feet in front of you pouring rain. Wow. So, yeah, the strange thing about Montana, it's just the, the weirdest place if you're from L.A. and you've never seen, or even, you know, from the Bay Area mm-hmm. for yourself, sir. <laughs> but, um... They have literally like three casinos per city block. They have casinos everywhere, and that sounds of, really dangerous. None of them are actual casinos because they're just bars with a few poker machines. Okay. Yeah. So they're no, not even no cards. Yeah, no, no cards. No blackjack. No slot machines. No even. slot machines. Just video poker video and poker. Kino. <laughs> Kino. And they only have about five or six machines in each casino, end quotes. So how did you do in the casino, Steve? I did all right. I did all right. Came up a little bit? Yeah. I, I, I might have won double digits of dollars, you know, maybe $10. Over $10. 10 or more? Yeah. But I also played poker at this dingy place, <laughs> and I lost about 30 bucks playing with white trash guys. With the uh, cowboys. Yeah. I got spit in the face by a hobo. At know. the casino? Yeah, or he at wasn't the he, uh, at the casino, right outside, actually. He, okay. he was smoking a cigarette, and he, I, he didn't mean to do it. But, you know, when you're that bombed <laughs> and, and you're that trashy, you know, how can you stop yourself, really? Well, it's like my last trip to Vegas. I didn't realize it was the National Rodeo Convention. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we sat down at the table, and we're like, why is everyone here wearing a cowboy hat? And their question to us is, why weren't you wearing a cowboy hat? Because it was National Rodeo Week, and cowboys love to gamble. So, and they're they're actually really fun to gamble with, though. I think it, yeah, they cowboys really, they know how to have fun. They know how to have a good time. They really enjoy themselves when they win, and they're really happy when they win. So, as long as you're relatively friendly to them, they got no problem with you. So, <laughs> I think. Uh, that, that might be a little different than the white trash you were seeing, but yeah. my experience with Cowboys is a good time. I mean, when you go to Vegas, it's a little less trashy, I That's think. true. Because those those It's hard folks, to be trashy at, you know, yeah. like the MGM. Or you the know, you got to have a little money to travel to Vegas. You know, you can't yeah. be too trashy. They're like, these guys that I play poker with, literally, you know, 25-cent blinds. Oh, wow. Yeah, not... That's like home game Yeah, size. yeah, not, not the highest-class place you'll ever see. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I'll have to take a trip out to Montana and do some gambling. Hopefully, it goes. Bring better. your own. Bring your own hard liquor, though, because ah. the only places in Montana that you can legally buy hard liquor are from state-owned liquor stores or at these casinos. Okay. Everyone, you can't get them in like normal restaurants Gros- or, or uh, grocery stores or. Yeah, the grocery stores you can only buy beer and wine. Okay, nothing hard. Yeah, gotcha. it's it's very strange. I don't know it's, why. It's, they it's do actually that. like that in a lot of the country. When we went to uh, to Georgia, it was like that too. You couldn't buy on certain days of the week too. That's so strange. They wouldn't let you buy at all. What's the big deal? That's like semi prohibition. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's just uh, just let fostering illegal. If people want to get drunk. They should be able to get drunk as often and whenever they want to. Well, especially when they're at the casino. Yeah, because then it's just good for the entire state, right? Yeah, <laughs> they got to think that one out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I'll have to take a trip out to Montana. I've only been there for I, I've been there for about three hours, uh, and then I went back to Wyoming for Yellowstone. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, Mon- Missoula is. Uh, the- Missoula reminds me of Joe Missoula on uh, West Virginia, the point guard. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I-, I was wondering why that name sounded so familiar. No, but yeah, that's the the town that I was in. That was the. It's the second biggest town in Montana. What's the biggest one? Helena. Billings, I think. Billings. Yeah. So it's not even the capital then. No, the ha- the capital's Helena. Right. And that's about the fifth biggest town in Montana. Not not a lot of people in Helena. It's kind of like Carson City for Nevada. Or yeah, like yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, that sounds like a fun trip. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, Missoula. They they have a, one street that's like a four lane street, and that has you know in their terms terrible traffic. <laughs> and I just wanted to punch anyone in the face whenever they complained about the traffic there because it's just not Los Angeles. I. I to drive over to here to record this podcast, I was sitting through an hour and a half of traffic. I saw you on the freeway. Yeah. Strangest thing. It was driving up the 405 today. Hear a honk. Look over to my left. Who's there but Paul Bien? Exactly. Driving up in his car. Yep. And then... Uh and then I made a bad lane change. Yeah, did you do you usually like exit before I, the I 405 clenches up there? Is that what you I mean? usually get off at Washington. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of doing that. Well, when did you get off? I didn't get off. I'd stay oh, all, all the way up to Wilshire, yeah. Oh, I wonder who won then. Because I got... So usually I get off at Washington and uh, take Sepulveda up and then cut over at some point. This is really fascinating for the people who don't live in L.A., by <laughs> the they're way. They're like, what the heck is going on right but now? But you know what? Hey, this is for locals then. Don't even worry about it. Skip well, ahead five minutes. It's, it's pretty terrible. I mean, making that commute, making that drive every day, you learn a lot. You learn a lot of the tricks. I used to get off at Culver, get back on, get off again <laughs> at Washington, and then take Sepulveda. Because that exit at Washington seems awful because it kind of tees. That one today was the worst. I'd ever seen it. Actually. Oh man! Yeah. Like in all of in all of history, I'd never seen it so bad. Because um, I, I used to work over there in Culver City, on, oh, off right. Washington. When yeah, I, yeah, at the uh, the NFL place. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so when I would go there, I, you know, sometimes I would just take Sepulveda all the way back up. It's but... usually Sepulveda, honestly, during rush hour is faster than staying on the freeway. Okay, we, yeah, we we have to stop talking about traffic. Yeah, this is just too boring. For well, me. I realize it's one of my my least favorite topics. <laughs> so I don't know why we're talking about it. Um. Well, this weekend for me, um, I played a, a sweet game that's actually one that I thought was incredibly dorky until I started playing it, and then I realized it was pretty awesome. And I know I showed you, and it's uh, Settle- um, yeah. oh. Settlers of Catan. Yeah, don't knock it till you try to, people. Yeah, I mean... This it, is a fun game. It, it is kind of dorky, but I don't think it's as dorky as other games out there. Yeah, and it's definitely no Magic the Gathering. It's not Magic the Gathering, it's not like Warhammer yeah. or something like that. It's not Pokemon. Not Dungeons. Well, it's kind of du- nah, not Dungeons. And I, Dragons. I think I think it's it's like an econ game almost. You know? Yeah, a little bit of uh, resource allocation, some um, you know strategy elements of games like Risk. Um, yeah. Basically, I think it's a it's a really fun game to because it's never the same. For a board game, it's difficult for board games not to get boring. Yeah, I, I, I liken it to time. Resource Stratego. Yeah, that's what I think of it with an element of risk. I'd say, Um, and yeah, and and I played a variation called Seafarers, Mm. and you add uh, fish. You can now fish in addition to the other resources, Mm. um, which just adds another 
another wrench into the plans because it's <laughs> there's a lot going on. In so that how game. many resources are there now? There well, now there, there's ore, there's sheep, there are there's wood, there's brick, wheat, um, there's fish, and I guess and there's a uh, ore, wood, brick, sheep, wheat, wheat, fish. Yeah. So now there's six elements, and oh, your, your goal is to get to. This is really boring now. I don't it's even... oh god, I'm gonna have <laughs> such a headache the next time I play. I was having trouble keeping track of the ones that were there. Well, we'd also been drinking a little bit. Yeah, too. we had been drinking very heavily. <laughs> that is true. It might it might be clearer next time. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, for anyone who hasn't played the game, I highly recommend trying it out online. Is not as much fun, but if you can find a few friends and are willing to plop down the forty dollars to buy the original, that's quite set, pricey for a board game. It's Paul. pricey, but you get a lot of lasting value out of it. This isn't this isn't like your Connect Four, you know. You can, Connect you can play Four, it. don't not Connect Four. <laughs> I love Connect Four. Connect Four is pretty solid. Yeah, but it's got nothing on uh, on Settlers of Catan, and <laughs> maybe when you become a king of Catan, then you can uh, you can really feel good about your purchase. Um, <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the NLS and uh, how your Dodgers are doing, how my Giants are doing, and how those you know other three teams are doing. Any, Dodgers any report on the Dodger front. The Do- Chad Billingsley went on the DL today. I saw groin. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Not too good for Padilla, Chad Billingsley. Padilla's still down too. Well, yeah, Padilla will be down for another week or so, and so Monasterios mm-hmm. and John Eli, who. By the way, but at this point has kind of solidified his place in the rotation. Even when Padilla comes back, I don't think John Eli would leave the rotation. I would rather have them leave him in and take out who? put Padilla in the bullpen, or just drop Padilla. Or just well, I mean, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't release him because he's making like five million. Yeah, but definitely have zero confidence in Vicente Padilla giving us anything coming back. How is he your opening day starter? I don't that, know, that man. That my mind. I don't know. What's Joe thinking? Fucking Frank McCourt. Oh, don't yeah. get me wrong. Frank McCourt. Steve hates Frank McCourt. Frank McCourt is the sleaziest bastard. And Jamie McCourt is even worse. <laughs> At least Frank, you feel like, is kind of in charge of things. Jamie's just kind of like yeah. reaching on. If you haven't been following this story, go to do me a favor, go to DodgerDivorce.com. They have a great chronicling of what's been happening with their divorce and how it's been ripping the Dodgers apart. Ridiculous things that Jamie needs to maintain her lifestyle. Well, she wanted, what, like $900,000 a month or yeah, something like that? something absolutely ridiculous. Like, she spent, like, $60,000 a month on clothes or... <laughs> oh, God, it makes you just want to strangle this woman. She was sleeping with her assistant that was provided to her by the team. What? Yeah, I, that's that's why they kind of divorced, I think. It's because of her... This feels like a very L.A. problem to yeah. be dealing with. It's like an L.A. drama for an L.A. team with an L.A. owner. Yeah, I, I feel zero remorse for Jamie McCourt. I hope Frank takes her to the cleaners and gives her nothing. Because she is absolutely... Don't don't the McCourts have those two sons in the payroll, too? Who yeah, don't they don't really do anything. anything and make They collect killing. hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they do absolutely nothing. And they're nothing. like 26 or 27 or something? Yeah. They, they contribute zero to the team, and yet they c- collect exorbitant salaries for doing absolutely this nothing. This sounds like a miserable franchise. You should, you should jump ship and go to the no, Giants or no. something. We'll welcome you with open no. arms if you want to come by. <laughs> that would take quite a bit for me to go to the Giants. <laughs> Maybe you could transition. Go to like the Padres first. You know, you'd have to stop distributing steroids to your players. Whoa, That's what you'd have hey, to do. hey. <laughs> 
Do you see any of our guys with, with rippling <laughs> bodies? Can I remind you what Benji Molina looks like <laughs> with the jersey on, let alone with his shirt off? <laughs> uh, I think we have we have some physique issues on our club. Yeah, definitely. But um, actually, the Giants. Well, of course, I, I have to say this tonight when they're you know really not playing well at all and they're letting Jake Arrieta shut it down. Can we look it up? It's four to one in the bottom of the ninth, and Pablo is the only run on a bomb. But I was gonna say that the Giants actually have some semblance of an offense these days, with yeah. uh, Buster still hitting okay. Pablo's been hitting seventh and eighth, and Pat the Bat, who has been Pat the out. Bat, actually has how has he been a little doing bit left so in the far? tank? He's got I think two bombs so far, hmm. a couple doubles. Uh, he's definitely I think he, I mean he has the most legitimate power on the team, and. Um, you sacrifice a little bit in terms of defense, but hey, he's he's making the offense just that much deeper. It, it's funny the Giants were saying that their leadoff man and their fourth hitter this, in opening day was Aaron Rowand and Benji Molina, and those two, if they even get in the lineup, are now seventh and eighth in the order. Good. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a step in the right direction. That's good but, for you guys. <laughs> no, I that's think it definitely is. a step in the right direction. It is. And uh, actually, I, I have a new favorite Giant. Oh, yeah? Partially because I picked him up on my fantasy team. Who's this? Uh, it's Andres Torres. Oh. And I, I have a feeling you probably wouldn't like him. Or he's the type of guy Is that... Is he the guy who gave up the bomb to Manny earlier in the year? Oh, no, he, he's, a, he's a hitter. Oh, okay. He, he's a speedy hitter. He's like 32, I think that was Merkin Valdez. That was Merkin Merkin Valdez. Merkin, kind of like Adrian Beltre. Yes, Beltre. <laughs> and Eric Chavez. Eric Chavez. Um, but Andres Torres is kind of like a Shane Victorino light. Okay. He's got a little bit of power, some speed. Yeah, I haven't seen him play yet. He he runs like a goof. He runs like you can't see this right now, but I'm doing like <laughs> up and down hand motions. Running like a fat person. Yeah, but he's really fast. <laughs> he runs the uh, hundred in like ten point three seven. I have no idea how fast that it's is. It's faster or... than like Javid Best ran his. Ooh, really? Javid Best is really fast. Javid Best is really fast. So anyway, he he's my my adopted uh, new favorite giant for now. Huh. But uh. I think if he was on another team, I would really dislike him, just because he's kind of irritating. He's kind of like a... Is he like the Sasha Vujicic? I was going to say, he's like a talented <laughs> Sasha... Maybe maybe not even talented. A more effective Sasha Vujicic in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just really frustrating to everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Giants, unfortunately... I have a feeling I'm going to hate this guy right. once I see him. You want to see a picture of him? Yes, oh, look, you know, because the listeners can definitely see what we're looking they, up they right can here. Tune out. Look at, look well, at, if you're, if you're watching, look at Pablo there. Look, doesn't he just look like a Pablo panda? Pablo is a panda. Have you ever met anyone who looks more like a panda than Pablo Sandoval? No, I have not. I and mean, he just, yeah, see, he, look, he looks like Nomar. Yeah, he, he looks kind of, he, he's got a little Kevin Martin in him. Yeah, oh yeah, Kevin yeah. Martin. That's a good, that's a good facial comparison. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, he's uh he's hitting lead off and he's playing every day now. So oh, another it's kinda fun. Another giant for me to hate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um but both of our teams are still trying to catch those bloody padres. Yeah, I mean God. we're only a half game back apparently, according to today. I just hate the owners so much. <laughs> Jamie is so stupid. I mean I don't know if you remember this story, but back last winter when we were trying to sign Manny after his torrid trade. Yes. She asked the question, what would Dodger fans rather have, Little League Parks or Manny Ramirez? <laughs> because there was some question as to what 
would be the best use of the Dodger funds. Of the $25 million, Building whatever. Little League parks in the community. And you know what? I like kids. You know, I, I want kids to have good baseball parks to play on. But I'd rather have Manny Ramirez. You stupid bitch. Of course I would rather have Manny Ramirez. <laughs> Shut up with this nonsense. God, I hate them so much. They're, they sound insufferable. They're awful. Well, truly awful. I do even, you think they'll ever have to sell the team anytime soon? I hope so. I mean, he had he didn't really have enough money to buy the team. He had to borrow like two hundred million dollars in order to be able he to, to borrow two hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money to borrow. It is, and so you know, especially with his divorce, I, if if Jamie takes half, I don't know how Frank is going to be able to keep the team. Yeah, which you that's it's all good. Hopefully, right you know. Prokhorov can come in and buy it, or Mark Cuban, or someone. Even oh God. if I mean, Mark Cuban bought the Dodgers, I would, would be so happy. I would hate you guys even more. <laughs> I don't even know if that's possible, but it, it would it would be true. <laughs> yeah, there would. Uh, this was even worse than when Fox owned the team. And keep in mind, Fox, Rupert Murdoch, the head of Fox. I mean, they're the guys who traded away Mike Piazza. And that is one of the most unforgivable trades in Dodger history. Mike Piazza. So, you know, for this to be worse than Fox, which it very clearly is, is that's saying something. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's move on, because I'm just going to get so much more angry yeah, if I'm we keep talking about this. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of listening to you rant about the Dodgers. And <laughs> at least rant about the players. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I like, an opportunity that's to. the thing. I like the players. The players are good. They're scrappy. They try hard, you know, other than Manny. But, you know, <laughs> the, the, the players, it's an admirable team. It's just the front office that makes you want to vomit. Front office. I mean, it, it's very crippling when a front office doesn't. You know, when they hold your team back. Yeah. It's very frustrating as a sports fan. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Um, so my next question for you is actually brought up by my buddy Nick. Um, if you were given the choice to build a franchise around one of these three pitchers, disregarding money, any contracts they have right now or service time, would you rather take Ubaldo Jimenez, Tim Lincecum, or Steven Strasburg, the recent phenom for the Washington Nationals? That is very tough. I have been pondering this question for the last day. Uh-huh. And I have decided that I will take Steven Strasburg out of those three. Okay. Because, really, he's the only one who throws 100. Ubaldo, oh, well, Ubaldo right can there. get up. He's like 97, 98, not quite He, he averages one mile an hour less than Strasburg. Strasburg is a true triple-digit flamethrower. Okay. Plus, his curveball is just unfair. His curveball is ridiculous. It's just unfair. It's so unhittable, and he's only 22. Yeah. Ubaldo is, you know, a couple years older than him. I think so, 23, 24-ish, maybe. And Ubaldo, he's only been dominant this one year. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year his ERA was in the fours, I think, and you, you saw flashes, but you, you, you know, you're still not quite sure that he's going to be this good year in and year out. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're not quite sure about Strasburg doing that either. But I feel like Strasburg has a better chance of doing that than Ubaldo. And we're not even mentioning Timmy I was going to say, well, what about Tim? You can't just leave Tim out. Yeah, I mean, Timmy, two-time Cy Young Award winner being left out. In his first two full I think he's the clear third choice here between these three guys because of his diminishing velocity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, how can you choose Timmy with this slight frame considered with these other guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously as a Giants fan, I'd love to say Lincecum. And... uh, 
his his diminishing velocity is a big concern. I think that he has proven himself to be the best pitcher, or or that he can pitch. He doesn't need great stuff to win and to to be effective. You know, he came uh, in as a power pitcher throwing 95 and like Pedro knee buckling curve, and he's he's adapted. You know, he's throwing right. 91 right now, which isn't that great. He's throwing off speed stuff all the time, at least like 40 percent of the time, and he's still getting everybody out. Um, that changeup is ridiculous and. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of it is just kind of like you, you don't really know what you're going to get with any of these three. I, I would tend to agree with you. I think if I – I've thought about this a little bit more. Uh, I think if I had to pick one, I would gamble with the highest upside and go with Strasburg. I think yeah. he has the most potential. So that's both of us agreeing on yeah, Strasburg. I, mean, huh? I think honestly, though, it's very close with Ubaldo because I think Ubaldo's stuff is almost at that level. And I think that I've been very impressed that he's gotten better every year. I mean, Strasburg, I mean, it's tough to take Strasburg at this point yes. because he hasn't seen anyone twice. He's He hasn't even seen a good lineup. He's faced the Indians and the yeah, Pirates. That's right? two of the two of the weakest offenses in baseball. Strike out almost the most in baseball. Um, So, you know, both of those teams haven't proven a whole lot for Strasburg. But But, but that's sad. I think you look at the stuff and you look at how nasty he is, it is is just... He's scary. He's scary. Twenty-two Ks in his first in twelve innings, twelve, 12 and, the third innings. and the third major league innings. Unbelievable. Has anyone else ever started out like that? Not, not in the starting rotation. I don't we think. need a research department so we can lurch, look up stuff like this. Yeah, we need to hire an intern. Other than you know the Google machine in front of us right here. <laughs> it's it's not, oh, Strasburg stuff yeah, is just so it's, good. It's filthy, and we'll see if he can keep it up. I think. Uh, I think you know he'll hit some rough patches, and even in this past game, he didn't walk anyone for the first like three and a third innings. But then he gave up five walks the next two innings. So, you know, it's a little you know, he'll hit some bumps in the road, and it's that that's what's most impressive about Linscombe is that he's been able to adapt to those. Um, of course, at the end of the day, you need to have good stuff and good command to get someone out, and I think right. uh, Strasburg offers the best mix of those two skills. Yeah, and watch out for the Nats once Chen Ming Wong comes back. Oh man, the Taiwanese wonder, huh? His ERA is going to be under ten. So under ten, just you watch. That's kind of a bold statement considering how bad he was last year. <laughs> yeah, well, he he finished the year quite strong last year. He he got his ERA down to nine point six by the end of the year. That's impressive. So you know, watch out for that guy. I think the Nationals could sneak up on people in yeah. the next few years. They have. Zimmerman is an absolute stud on jo- at third base. Also, Jordan Zimmerman. Jordan Zimmerman. Right? Jordan Zimmerman is really good too. He yeah. would be a great number two starter. Yeah. Um, and he was very impressive in his rookie season. And so they would have in their rotation. They would have Strasburg, Jordan Zimmerman, Zimmerman, John Lannon. John Lannon. They'd have uh, and Chen Ming Wong. <laughs> possibly Chen Ming Wong. <laughs> The re- I mean, they got a mix of like Scott Olson and a bunch Scott of Olson. Scott Olson. Scott Olson is actually. Oh oh. Do people hear that? We got a little. Or was that not okay? Had- never. If you didn't hear that, never mind. It was a, It was a Gmail message. We got a little a little alert here because Steve didn't bring his computer. So yeah, I, I we're, apologize we're on one for that. Today. Um, But yeah, the Nats, and then, you know, even in the field, you know, Zimmerman's good. They got uh, prospects coming up, like the catcher Derek Norris. They have Bryce Harper they just drafted. It will take a few years, but he's got insane power. Um, And then, you know, Adam Dunn, you know, is still powerful. Nigel Morgan is surprisingly good. Um, Ian Desmond. So, yeah, I mean, the Nationals could be a team to watch in that NL East. I think the Braves, the Nationals, and uh, the Phillies... Hey, even the Marlins—they got some talent too. So, 
Rob Rasmussen drafted by the Marlins. Rob Rasmussen drafted by the Marlins for our World Series bound UCLA Bruins. Yep. The first time since 1997. Um, Very proud of our Bruins. It's great. And I think, you know, if I don't know a whole lot about college baseball. Um, Me neither. I you don't. I, I don't really nothing. watch college baseball. I know nothing about college baseball other than they use metal bats. Yes, yes. But you know, we have three really, really good starters: Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, and Rob Rasmussen. And in the MLB playoffs, if you have three good starters in a playoff series, you're golden. Yeah. So well, we, I'm hoping it's going to be the same thing here. Yeah, we definitely have a pretty good chance. It's, I, I, uh, although, did you see? Uh, Ramatula got hurt in oh, the, yeah. the post game celebration. You know what? <laughs> Shades <laughs> he, of Kendry, Kendry Morales. Morales himself. That, that has to be a rule now. I mean, I don't know who ever thought it was a good idea to let's just beat the crap out of the guy who won the game for us. Yeah. You know, Bad move. why is that ever a good celebration? It's not. And, and I think baseball, we, we can run down the list of baseball injuries here, which are really <laughs> amusing. Um, that one it isn't even bad. I mean, have you. I'll give you some of the baseball injuries that come to mind off oh, the top of my Kevin head. Kevin Brown punching the wall. Kevin Brown punching the wall. We have uh, Ricky Henderson getting frostbite in August because he fell asleep with his ice pack on his <laughs> leg. Um, John Smoltz once tried to iron a shirt on his chest. Right, right, I remember quite that. Quite stupid. Clint um, Barmas tripping with Bar- the deer meat. <laughs> Barmas with the deer meat. Yeah. Um, Carlos, no, uh, Joel Zumaya getting uh, Guitar Hero, guitar hero yeah. Jewish Guitar Hero and straining his <laughs> wrist. Carlos Zambrano getting a, a wrist injury from typing too many emails. Yeah. Um, Andy Sonnenstein getting an ear infection from his earbuds. Baseball players... Baseball players are great. They're fantastic. Uh, probably the most moronic of any of the pro athletes. They're probably stupider on average than NFL players and N- NBA players. I think so too. I think mostly because a lot of them don't have anything higher than a ninth grade education. Yeah. You know, they were signed when they were Dominican, exactly. you know, 15 year olds. Or they were signed out of high school. Yeah. So or they came few, out early in college. I, I don't think very many of people in general in the major leagues have a college degree. It's astoundingly low. I um, think it's yeah, I looked at like the statistic or, or something. Uh, yeah, like total. Yeah, yeah, like not not percent. In all thirty not teams total. Yes. Think about that. All thirty teams in the major leagues. There's only about twenty or thirty guys that have a major that have a major league that <laughs> have major league degree, <laughs> a four year college degree. Yes, which is astounding, um, and it it, it almost kind of makes sense because there are so many exit points to get out of the, the game of college baseball, yeah. that if you end up getting a degree, you probably, you're either really, really into school, or you aren't that good. Yeah, true, <laughs> very true. Because if you have any reason to leave, you'll take more money and leave earlier. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe that's correlated to all the, the injuries. Like Sammy Sosa pulling his pulling a muscle sneezing. That was, <laughs> that was a pretty good one, too. Yeah, baseball players have the most bizarre injuries by far. <laughs> Very bizarre. I also think it's because of the specific skill set of baseball players, though. I mean, in baseball, if you get a blister on your finger, you can't pitch. I mean, I don't care how much of a pussy someone might think you are. That's just excruciating pain for when you're trying to throw a ball 95 miles an hour 100 times in a game. You just can't do it. Yeah. So, I mean, little things like that, you know, this, the skill set is so specific in baseball. If you get the right injury, you're done. There's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. And, 
unfortunately, there's all these other injuries too that are equally <laughs> as devastating as the blister. Yeah. <laughs> um, so transitioning away from sports briefly, um, have you checked out the iPhone 4 at all, Steve? I have. I was following the live blog at work. Were you? I was not. I was not following the live. <laughs> I was blog. very. That's ex- not surprised me though, Steve. No, I, no, no, I, I was. I was very everybody. excitedly refreshing the live <laughs> blog every five minutes, waiting for the release date to pop out. And when it finally did, I was really surprised that it was so soon. June twenty fourth. June twenty fourth is when the iPhone it's ten 4 days comes away. Out. And I was reading an article today on Yahoo that was saying it's impossible. That to get pre-orders because they started pre-orders today apparently. Jeez, but yeah, my contract runs out in December of this year. You know, I, I think we actually got our phones on almost exactly the same day. Well, another reason why we're just the same dude, we're the same person. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, are you gonna get the iPhone four uh, once I, December rolls around? I'm. Oh, so here's the other deal: is apparently if you end at any point in 2010 with your contract, you can uh-huh. get it. You can skip it and start a new contract and get it immediately. So the you, iPhone you, 4, you mean? You could technically get it in June if you wanted to, I, I think. So I it would somewhere. be a concatenated two years? I don't know if it's last. on top of December, um, but I know you can get the discount now if you wanted it. So I would definitely like that. I mean, I broke my iPod glass you, you, you a while ago, and now there's just dust creeping in at every possible chance it True. can. So I, the yeah. sooner I can get a new iPhone, the better. So you, you're going to buy it then? I'll buy it. I don't know if it's going to be right away. I'll probably wait for the new, the second shipment or so because mm-hmm. I don't want to fight crowds. I oh just, yeah, it's just not. It's worth not worth it. it. It's yeah. not worth it. And so, so I'm. I really think it's a sweet device. It looks really cool, really fun. Um, I unfortunately don't feel like I need it. I'm still well, happy with mine. Yeah, of course, none of us really <laughs> need the iPhone, right? Well, you know, I I tend to break things and tend to lose things, so I feel like preemptively buying it now might come back to bite me in the ass later. <laughs> so I'll probably at least wait till December, if not sometime in next year. Yeah, I think I could go another few months or so with my 3G here. Yeah. It, the, the big thing that I'm missing out, or that I really would like, is the, the multitasking feature. They do have that now. But they don't have it for the 3G. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they do have it for 4, yeah, which, which is very tempting. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the other stuff is cool. You know, the video call, the, the voice chat, that didn't sound right. The voice chat. The video chat. The video chat. The video yeah. chat. The uh, the voice chat. You mean the phone? <laughs> the, the phone. Yes. <laughs> Which has actually been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, the video chat. The the increased resolution. Those are all sweet features. Um, but multitasking should have. Well, okay. The consumer in me says that it should have been there a long time ago. The engineer yes. in me says there might be a good reason why it wasn't there a long time yes. ago because of battery concerns and the difficulty of implementing that. Um, but I think that'll be a huge feature to add. And it just looks better. Yeah, you it, know, it makes this current better. one look like crap. Yeah, it's going to have more defined edges, no more curvy smooths on the back. And it's going to be a little thinner. Metallic feel. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, it looks and nice great. buttons, you know, solid buttons. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very tempted. And I, I also played with an iPad a few weeks ago. How was that? That was also... I have not seen one of those yet. It was kind of fun. And not fun enough for me to spend $500 to buy one, but fun in, in the sense that, like, if I wanted to watch a Giants game, I'd love to watch it on that thing and just take that around the house with me. Oh, yeah, especially since you have that MLB uh, exactly. iPhone package. Yeah, huh? and it would be perfect for that. Um, 
The problem is I don't really see any functional use for it. Yeah. I mean, unless you're unless you're a huge like avid reader, yeah, and, and don't mind and would rather read on an iPad than a physical book, which isn't me. Yeah, or um, the Kindle, which or is Kindle. a completely useless machine. To yeah, be I, I have some Kindle. I have some friends who are Kindle fans. Um, I don't understand it. Why don't you just buy I would, the book? I mean, I, I would buy the book. Yeah, the Kindle is like unless you're going, unless you're a huge reader going on a trip. Unless yeah. you like, unless you would bring ten well, that, books yeah. and you can put ten of them on your Kindle, well, then okay, I can I, see that. I find it hard to read that much, though. I'm, I'm sure you do too, being an engineer. <laughs> That's kind of why we got into. Yeah, you know, I usually get right? like two thirds of the way through, and then I just yeah. get kind of bored, do something else. <laughs> the reason we are engineers is because we can't read. You know, That's, I don't think I, secret. I ever read a, a single textbook <laughs> in any of my collegial career. I would in six uh, years of schooling. Yeah, I, don't I would think I ever it. actually got through an engineering textbook. I would skim the theory and you know go right to the problems. I just do problems. I'd actually probably go to the homework solutions first. Yeah, and then work my way backwards. That's <laughs> probably the way I, I got through school. But yeah, not strong readers. <laughs> they had to offer a class in technical writing. Did you ever take that? class? I didn't take that class, but I saw it. Yeah, because so many of us were just terrible writers as undergraduates that they had to offer that. Yeah, that's unfortunately kind of sad. Yeah, I actually had a discussion with my boss today, and um, oh, good discussion. Uh, it was alright. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, I was like, you know, we don't really have a whole lot of opportunities here to kind of. Uh, yeah, that is 57 minutes and 9 seconds, Steve. Um, <laughs> we don't literally have a whole lot of opportunities to, you know, present or, you know, interact with, you know, other people on the team and, you know, work on the softer skills like writing and speaking. He's like, yeah, but, you know, you don't really see that at this company. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> um, but, well... If we had the iPhone 4, if I had the iPhone 4 when I was in school, that probably would have been trouble. Oh, yeah. I, I'm Checking so glad I didn't have that. Yeah, I wouldn't pay attention in any class. We would just play games and wars with friends. I don't know how the, the generation now is going to do it coming in, because they're just going to have so many distractions. They will. Class. They will. Um, so our last topic here for the night um, is the World Cup, which started last Friday. Um there was an epic 1-1 U.S. England draw tie, whatever the hell they call it in soccer. Draw. It was level. It was 1-1 one, yeah. one level, and 1-1 um, one, one. level. I believe you have to say it with a British accent. Level. Uh, how do you say level with a British? accent? I don't accent? know. That was my British, that was like my FIFA <laughs> but, accent. Then you're British. Say so level. <laughs> it was level. Um, God, now I'm going to talk like that all day. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about the World Cup, Steve? Do you like it? Eh, I'm okay with the World Cup. Um, the World Cup, I, you know, there's a lot of hype, and the, all the soccer fans come out and they <laughs> they go on about how oh, soccer is so great for these few weeks every four years. You know, it's still no Super Bowl. I think mm -hmm. it's still no. Well, it's probably bigger than the World Series, even in America, which is sad to say. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Because, you know, the World Series should be bigger than the World Cup in America, but sadly it's not. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. The I, World Cup, it's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll have it on background while I'm doing something else. You know, but soccer is just... It's it's not ours. That's the problem. It's, it's not ours. Guys don't throw as much... <laughs> 
you know, they There's have... of hands, really. Yeah, they only throw... The Only the goalies throw, or, you know, when the ball goes out of bounds, they throw, which is not enough throwing for Americans. Yes. We, we like to use our arms. Yes. I, I, uh... I agree, and I've had some some very good friends of mine adamantly try to throw me into soccer wholeheartedly. And, you know, I've been exposed to it, and I think it's fun. I think what I like the most about the World Cup is kind of the atmosphere. I think it's great that the world has so many dedicated fans, and it's really awesome to see an entire country unite around one sport. Um, so I think that's a, a great element. And yeah. But what I would love to do is take that and put it into a sport that I enjoyed watching. That's why I love the World Baseball Classic so much. Yeah, the World Baseball Classic has that, yeah. without without some of the pageantry. Yeah. But because um, that's that's the big thing for me is that, you know, I can get into a U.S. soccer game. I think you know I'll definitely cheer and it's exciting. Right. But when you're showing me like you know North Korea against like Iran, which isn't even going to happen, but I'm just preferring <laughs> two countries right there because <laughs> I'm actually two biggest enemies. <laughs> um. You know, that's just not an interesting game for me, and oh, I, yeah, definitely. I'm just not interested or excited about it, and, you know, I'll, I'll put it on the background, but I have to watch 90 minutes of, like, running back and forth and very minimal goal opportunities to care. Like The no nationalistic backing is the only reason why I will get really excited about the World Cup. When watching the USA-England game, I did get really into it. Yeah, yeah me and too. people were shouting, USA, USA in the bar. Yeah. You know, but if America's not playing, I find it hard to care. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's honestly how people feel about baseball. And so I, and you know, take it from me, I'm mean, I, a huge baseball fan. I like auto racing more than I like soccer. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm probably not one to judge. You know, I have some flaws. Yeah, really, a NASCAR fan, huh? Uh, I'm actually a huge IndyCar fan. Really? I didn't yeah. know this about you. I, I used to be a massive... I used to tape every single race and watch every single race when I was Wow. Like, See, there's, some, there's I, a part where we differ, because I have zero interest yeah. in IndyCar. And I actually was a huge... I, I wasn't a huge NASCAR fan, but I definitely followed it, and I still could name probably like 30, 40 drivers. Huh. Um, and like their sponsors and you know, the 88 car, Dale Jarrett, and stuff like that. Wow. You, know? you, well, you learn something new about Paul every day. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, don't take it from me, because I obviously have bad taste <laughs> in sports. Um, but that's just how I feel about soccer, and <laughs> I've never really enjoyed it. And you know, I'll do my best to appreciate it, and I'll watch it. But if they whatever. made the goals the entire baseline, I think it would be much more fun. <laughs> then there would be so much more scoring. What if they put like four goalies? Yeah, the exactly. Yeah, put four goalies, make the goals the entire baseline, that'd and make and, it and so much flopping. more fun. I really can't stand flopping. You know, yeah. it's like that's one. Well. This is a whole other topic, but basketball players that flop, I'm not a huge fan of. But soccer players, and flop it's really every soccer time. players' fault that it, basketball players flop now. Because yeah. it's all from those international players that brought yeah. it over. Back when you know, in the 60s and 70s, when it was just American dudes playing basketball, no one flopped. Yeah, they just bodied up and pushed back. Exactly. And now we got Mr. Fisher flopping left and right, even when he drives to the hoop. Yeah, well, 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 fine. We'll get to that someday. Him and Gasol and Vujicic, yeah, all and the Lakers. Ginobili, because, because oh. Ginobili yeah. is the king of flopping. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I just don't like... I don't like floppers. I do like... And I think the other thing is the style of play. You watch some of those, like, you know, Argentina or, like, 
Oh. Portugal, you know, you get some fun fun guys who like to you know get up and down and showboat a little bit. Like that's exciting. Yeah. I don't want to see like those German six foot five giants in the back line muscling someone oh, yeah, off and yeah. kicking the ball downfield. Everyone likes to see Messi dribble the ball around. Exactly. And, yeah. It's like watching. See, the difference for me is that I can watch basketball when it's like you know kind of gritty and well executed. But and that's the equivalent of these teams in soccer. But you know, everyone can kind of say "wow" to like the the big dunks and the n one moves. You know, and those are the ones that are exciting to everybody. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm just not a hardcore soccer fan, so that's my take on it. All um, right. But yeah, we'll see how the U.S. does. Go USA, beat Slovenia yeah, on go Friday. Go USA. I'll have to go in late to work and to to watch it. Yeah, it's and gonna st- air at like seven a.m. Seven a.m., yeah. which is a decent time. Well, I'll, I'll just have to watch it in the cafeteria at work, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I won't be the only one. You will not be the only one. All right, we are at uh, over an hour now, so we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, we'll probably try to have it up on Sunday this time. Sorry we had it up so late this week. That was my fault being out of town. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. What a waste of time.